In the name of God, our Creator, in the name of Jesus, our Redeemer, in the name of the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. Amen. Merry Christmas. It's not every year that we have two Sundays in the Christmas season, and these hymns have brought great joy to my heart, hearing them again rather than putting them on the shelf as soon as New Year's rolls around. I became a parent at the age of 47, 12 years ago today, at the altar of St. Mary and St. Martha of Bethany in Beaufort, Georgia. Susie and I stood before a company of gathered people, and before God, and before Bishop Neil Alexander, and exchanged our wedding vows. Standing next to us was Janet, who at the time was 15 years old. She was standing next to her mother, beaming brightly, joyous, adding joy to the occasion beyond measure. 47. 15-year-old, a whole new experience. <laughs> she is a delight. They were here this Christmas, and she's turned into a rather outstanding 27-year-old woman, but there have been some really rough years. Some of you know that. Before becoming a parent, I don't think I could imagine just how Joseph and Mary felt that day when, assuming that Jesus was with the crowd discovering that he wasn't there. Can't you just hear the conversation? I thought you checked on him. I thought you checked on him. I thought he was back in the back with, with Billy. And they searched and they searched and they searched and they reached the conclusion that he's missing. He's lost. Anger subsides, subsides and they do what they had to do. They turned around and went back to Jerusalem. There were no Amber Alerts. There was no way to call the police department. There was no cell phones. There was no way to get the word out except by using their own two feet. As they traveled back, I have this image of them stopping every group of people coming down the road at them, first to look for them and then to ask if they've seen him or just hoping that he had dropped back a group or two to be with a friend. They looked everywhere on the way and found themselves in Jerusalem still saying, he's lost, he's lost. That was two days into this journey. So they scoured Jerusalem, friends' houses, uh, relatives' houses, shops they had been to, places that he might have gone to, and finally, on the third day, or after three days, they find him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the elders, listening teaching, hearing, asking questions. He was probably sitting in a circle of elders who were sitting on benches, and those who were listening and learning would be sitting on the floor. And when they heard what was going on and saw what was going on, Joseph and Mary were astounded, we hear. Now Mary can vent her frustration and her anxiety. Child, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been searching for you with great anxiety. Jesus calmly responds, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I would be here in my father's house, doing my father's business? 
didn't you know? And they did not understand him. Did not understand what he said to them. And of course they didn't. They just spent days and days thinking that something horrible had happened to him. That he was missing. That he was lost. They were, he was not present in their lives. It was a hole in their heart. Of course they didn't understand. They were a mother and a father who had been desperately searching for their child. Their blessed child. For three days, he'd been lost to them. But Jesus knew that he was safe there in the temple. Jesus had been comfortable. He didn't know that he had been lost. He just thought he was where he was supposed to be. Many scholars point to this event as a transition in Jesus' life. A transition from a time of growth as a child He's one year away from what is considered an adult in in the Jewish tradition of his day, moving away from family and mother and father and moving toward the ministry and work that he was going to be doing, moving toward God. Sort of a marker. This is the only story we have of Jesus in his adolescence. But it is clear that Mary and Joseph really believed that it was He was lost to them for those three days. And now maybe in Mary's heart, maybe even in Joseph's heart, they realize that things are changing and that they're going to lose something they've had for 12 years, at least a part of it. It's easy for you and I to get lost. It's very easy for you and I to get lost in this world. I can lose a morning. I can lose an afternoon. I can lose a whole day playing computer games and wandering around the Internet. can lose a whole day. That's not a big deal, actually, other than I can't get it back. That's not the kind of loss I'm really talking about here. We can get lost in our work. And our work can break or help harm, can harm our relationships. I've been a workaholic before in my past, and it wasn't good. We can get lost in our emotions, in our fears, and in our anxieties. So lost that we realize that we have to seek out a trusted pastoral counselor or a therapist or maybe even a friendly priest to try to get back on our emotional track. We can get lost in all kinds of overindulgences, in some vice or some addiction And there's a way out of that, too. It's called 12-step programs. If you work the program, the program works. I've watched it in Janet. We can get, this is the one that scares me the most, spiritually lost. We probably all at one point or another in our lives have found a spiritual void. The problem with that is that once we begin to get spiritually lost, we do... We stop doing the things that keep us on balance, that keep us healthy. We don't go to church. That's an easy one not to do. So, you know, it's 30 degrees outside this morning. Let's just not go to church. I don't know that the sermon's going to be worth anything. (laughs) We drop other spiritual disciplines. Maybe reading or studying the Bible or listening to music. Then we stop saying our prayers. 
and then we begin to doubt the existence of God. We can. I know. I've been there. There was a time in my life where it was really a situational uh, catalyst, but it led to some real spiritual difficulty for for me personally. And I was fortunate at the time to have an excellent spiritual director. And I went to him and I said, I can't pray anymore. I just can't. He said, really? And I said, yeah, I can't pray anymore. He said, why? I said, because I don't believe it. I don't believe a word that I'm saying. And he said, well, do this. When you start your prayers, keep saying prayers. When you start your prayers, say, God, you know I really don't believe this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because it's, it's the right thing to do. And you know what? It broke the pattern. Took a little while, but it broke the pattern and began a journey that led to greater spiritual depth and understanding than I've had for a long time before. It worked. When we find ourselves lost, our spirituality lacking, it's not God that has abandoned us, it's something going on within us. We need to remember that God never abandons us. We may not be able to connect with our Creator for some reason within ourselves, but our Creator is close by, as close as the breath that you're taking right now, as close as the earth upon which we walk. And you don't have to search to find ways to find God. I believe God's everywhere. But if all else fails... If you can't find God anywhere else, come through those doors. For what we're doing here this morning is more important than anything else we can do in our lives. We're gathering together. We're coming up to the altar. We're offering ourselves to God. God is offering himself back to us, God's self back to us. This place is filled with God and with Jesus. He'll stand with us as we stand at the altar or stand in our pews. And the power of the Holy Spirit lives here. In almost every nativity scene I've ever seen, Jesus in the bed of hay has his hands out like this. It's a posture, inviting us into a relationship, saying, I'm here, come, be with me. I love you. And then he reaches his arms out on the hardwood of the cross saying, just see how much I love you. How much I love you. And I'm convinced that at the last, Jesus will be standing in the kingdom, saying, come into my embrace. Come into my embrace. This day, step into the embrace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.